0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Well, wasn't that awesome? I mean, great job, kids. And we say to all of you, as the kids said, Happy Easter. You know, it's been incredible these last few weeks is we have had people joining us online from all over the country. In fact, Many of you are LifePoint family members who've moved away and and you've been joining us online. And so we just want to give a special shout out to you. Thank you for being a part of this and and joining us again. Speaking of joining us, we'd love to have every one of you who are joining us today to take a moment and fill out our connection card. You can do that online, but you can also do it by taking out your phones and texting the word CONNECTING to 94000, connecting to 94000. And you can follow that, fill all that out. We'd love to know that you are here with us today. You know, Easter really is the greatest day in history. Let me say that again. Easter is the greatest day in history. I love this day more than any other day. And if you're here with us today, watching online, wherever you're at, if you've been thinking about Jesus and exploring faith and, and considering giving your life to Christ, today is that day. There's no better day to give your life to Jesus Christ than on Easter because this is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Or as the kids said, he came alive. Or as one of them said, he raised his self. <laughs> that was so great. He raised his self, thus validating everything that God ever said about the Savior and everything that Jesus said about himself being our Savior. You know, these are truly crazy times. And while church buildings are actually emptied and services at churches have been canceled. I want you to think about something for a moment. The church gathering around the world today is far from being canceled. In fact, I suspect that there are more people today listening, watching uh, from their homes or wherever they are, and participating in Easter services today more than there ever has been in the history of mankind. And not only that, but I suspect that more people are going to give their life today to Jesus Christ for the very first time than has ever happened in history before. So the buildings may be empty, but the message of Easter is getting into your home and the homes of of millions upon millions more than ever before. So the kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of God is moving forward. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I mean, that is just an incredible thought. That's a great reason to celebrate and to praise God this particular Easter. Well, I want to dive in a little bit today, and I believe that what we're talking about today is so, so important for our lives today, and I want to give you the reason that Easter is important. It's a message that you need today, that I need today, that we all need today, and for the coming months to come. So in order to grasp the, the magnitude of the Easter message, what I want to do is I want to back up and I want to give you some context and I want to explain an important part of the backstory of Easter. You know, I love backstories. I love knowing uh, based on where we're at today. How did we get here? What happened, what occurred before that led to this moment? I love backstories. And so I love that we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today, that Jesus is alive. But I want to look at something that set that all up, that happened a few days prior when Jesus hung on the cross, when he breathed his last breath, and then he died. So I want to tell you about that part of the story. And that part of the story is what makes the message of Easter all the more powerful. So let's start with the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. There's much about that Jewish temple that sent a message. It wasn't necessarily a message it intended to send, but it it was a message nonetheless. And the message was essentially, stay away. let me explain that. Uh, The temple itself was, was separated into two main rooms. There was the holy place. And then there was the most holy place, or what we often call the holy of holies. Now, only p- priests could enter in to the holy place. And, and they would enter in at certain times and in certain ways, and, and they did prescribe religious, you know, uh, 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 ceremonies that they, that they had to do. Nobody ever just hung out in the holy place. You came to do God's business, and then you left. But even more sacred than the holy place was the inner chamber or the most holy place, what we call the holy of holy, holy of holies. This was the very center of Jewish worship that took place in that small area. In fact, if you want to read more about it, you can see some of the details. It's spelled out in Leviticus chapter 16. You can check that out sometime. Now, there is one person. Only one person who could ever enter the most holy a place, of the holy of holies, and that was the high priest. And this high priest could only enter the most holy place one day out of the year. And it was a specific day. It was the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. When he entered, he was required to wear special garments, and he would bring in with him the blood of, of, of a bull and a goat, and he would sprinkle that blood specifically on the golden mercy seat, which was the top of the Ark of the Covenant. God's response then to that action, to that offering, was God's promise to forgive the nation of Israel for, of all their sins for the previous year. Now, if anyone besides the high priest entered into the most holy place, he would be struck down. If the high priest entered on any other day but the day of atonement, he would be struck down. If the high priest came in without the blood of of the bull or the goat, he would be struck down. It was as if the temple was this, you know, this giant roadblock, making sure that nobody came into God's presence uninvited. Everything about the whole system screamed out, stay away, do not come near. You are not qualified to come in here, especially on your own. Don't miss it. No uh, Jewish person would ever dream of entering into the most holy place, the, the holy of holies. It was off limits. Let me say it again. No Jew would ever dream of entering into the most holy place. It was off limits. That was the place where God dwelt. And so that location, that spot, that place was off limits. Now, if you want to have a greater understanding of Easter, If you want to have a greater understanding of the significance of Easter, then then you would do well and I would do well to understand the temple and more specifically to understand this most holy place and to understand the veil. Well, what is the veil? The veil was was the cloth, a single piece of cloth that separated the most holy place from the holy place. Jewish tradition from the rabbi 's writings tell us that the veil was the thickness of, of, from a man 's thumb to his middle finger that 's how thick the veil was, so about six to eight inches thick was that veil. Also, we know that the, that the veil was about sixty feet tall. it was about twenty feet wide, and those same Jewish writings tell us that it took about three hundred priests to lift that up and to get that into place. This veil or this curtain was sending a message that you and I don't belong in the Holy of Holies. You can't come in here. You don't have direct access to God. But everything was about to change. So I want to check this out. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 27. You can go with me in your Bibles or to the YouVersion Bible app. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew is one of Jesus' disciples. And he's going to write this. We're going to look at verse 33 together. Matthew chapter 27, verse 33. And it says this. It says, And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, verse 35, They crucified Jesus. And then in verse 50, it says this. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit or he died. Now, I want you to watch this. Look at verse 51. At that what? And I want everybody to say this word no matter where you're at. If you're in your living room, if you're with family, if you're by yourself out on a walk, no matter where you are, let's say this word together. At that what? At that? I didn't hear you. At that what? At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What was God's very first official act the moment that Jesus died? What did God do? God tore that curtain or that veil from top to bottom, thereby opening up the Holy of Holies or the most holy place. So why would God do it? Why would God rip the veil in half immediately following at that moment that Jesus died? Why was that so important? Why was that message so important? And what was the message that God was sending us? And how does that torn veil relate to what happens three days later to the message of Easter? Well, let's revisit how Jesus' followers uh, uh, recounted this well-known Easter story. In fact, in the video that we saw with the kids, I love that Caitlin, man, she just did an awesome job in that, didn't she? And Caitlin, at the end of that video, she actually shared this passage that I'm going to read with you right now. She just did that from memory. That was awesome. Way to go, Caitlin. And so let's read that passage that she shared with us. Matthew chapter 28, we're going to start in verse 1. Here's the well known Easter story. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, it says this After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the so- stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. I I probably would too. The angel said to the uh, women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. And here's the words that we all know He is not here. What does it say? He has what? He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Verse 7 Then go quickly. And tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse 8. So the, woman, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, of course, yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and they clasped his feet and they worshiped him. They didn't want to let go, man. Jesus is here with them and they're holding on. Verse 10, then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Now I want to jump ahead to another part of the story in Luke chapter 24. And it starts in verse 36. And Luke tells us this. The disciples were gathered and he says, While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Now let's look at verse 39. Jesus said this. He said, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see A ghost does not have flesh and blood as you see I have. You see, there's the Easter story in a nutshell. It started with Jesus dying on the cross, the veil ripping. He was then buried and then he rose from the dead. And here's a key part of the Easter story. People who saw him dead then saw him alive. Romans chapter 1 tells us he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 17 said God has given proof of this to all of us by raising Jesus from death. Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. He was seen by people alive. Therefore, everything that matters before he died, Everything that matters before he passed away, before he was crucified, everything that he said, everything that he claimed, every little detail, the backstory, it matters, which means the torn veil matters. There is power in the message of the torn veil that symbolized and represented the very heart and soul of everything Jesus died on the cross to accomplish, And it's the writer of Hebrews who actually best explains the power of the Easter message and and the veil. And so I want to check this out together. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9. So let's turn there now, or again, you can go in your Bibles or the version, however you're tracking along with us. Hebrews 9. Let's listen to how the story is described. It says this starting in verse 3, Hebrews 9. It says, There was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room, called the most holy place. See, we already talked about this, so that's not unfamiliar to you. This is the holy of holies. Verse seven, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place. And we told you about that. And by the way, how often could he do it? Notice what it says, only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed. That's what he went in with, the blood of the, of, the, of the bull and the goat. He took it in to offer for their sins, right? Just like we talked about. Look at verse 8. All of this was the Holy Spirit's way of saying who? I want you to say these two words out loud. All of this was the Holy Spirit's way of saying who? What's the two words? Who? No one could enter the most holy place. In other words, we did not have access to God. God was not really available. God was not really approachable. There was a barrier between us and God. But Jesus did something to resolve that barrier. Speaking now of Jesus, the writer then says this in verse 12. He says, with his own blood, with Jesus' own blood, not the blood of the goats or the calves, he, Jesus entered the most holy place catch this once for all time and secured our redemption forever are you tracking with me are you you hanging with me here because look at verse 14 by his what sacrifice by his one sacrifice he only had to do it once his one sacrifice or his one offering some translations say he has forever set free from sin the people he brings to god man what an incredible message God is sending to us this Easter that God, what's the first message that God ripped the veil. He ripped that curtain wide open. And rather than the high priest entering in with the blood of an animal to make an offering so that the people's sin could be forgiven for the previous year. Instead, what happened? This passage tells us Jesus went in and Jesus' death on the cross was that final one time for all time sacrifice. And rather than using the blood of animals, it was the blood of Christ that was offered as the final sacrifice for our sins. And so the message, this imposing temple had been sending us that God is not available to us, that God is not approachable to us. That is no longer the message. There's a new message. The message of Easter. Jesus is the final offering of God. And that God, to God, and that God is now accessible, and that God is now available, the barrier between God and us, the bar- bar- barrier between God and you and me, is no longer there. It has been removed. We have access to God. There's another part of this incredible message that God sent by ripping that veil. This is kind of the, the big so what, right? And listen to the so what. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. And it says this. And so, there's the so what. And so, what's the so what? So what does this matter? What does this mean? And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter. Another translation says we can enter with confidence. Heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the what? Through the curtain or through the veil into the most holy place. Into the most holy place. Into where God is. Man, I don't know if you're tracking with me. I don't know if you're following along and catching this incredible message, but God split that curtain into the moment that Jesus died because that was the final sacrifice for our sins so that you and I could now have an opportunity to have access to God and to be in his presence. Therefore, therefore, in light of all of this, therefore, here's why this matters. Here's the so what does this mean? Therefore, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, therefore, let us, let you, let me, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts and fully trusting him. There it is, gang. There it is. God is inviting every single person to draw near to him, to come into his presence. The ripping of that veil, that veil ripped, affirmed in the resurrection of Jesus. That is our full access pass into the presence of our Heavenly Father. We are allowed in. The walls have come down. The curtain, the veil has come down. And now, God's available. And now, God is approachable. And so each one of us, we can personally come before God because of what Jesus did on the cross and then validated by rising from the dead. Please, please don't miss the totality of the Easter story. Don't miss that the resurrection of Jesus, he is alive. The resurrection of Jesus put an exclamation point on the the ripping of that veil. Think about it. When it happened, nobody knew what the ripping of the veil meant. That day that Jesus died, they didn't understand it, but three days later... Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus came back alive. He, as remember one of the girls said, he raised himself. And when Jesus came back alive, all of a sudden, oh, that's what the torn veil is all about. That's what it was meant to be. Oh God, you are so brilliant. Years later, the Apostle Paul shared the point of the Easter story with the believers in Rome, with the Christians in Rome, And he described it this way in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he said this. He said, since we have been justified, and that's just a fancy word that means declared not guilty, or it means we've been made right with God. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 2, through whom we have gained access. Man, it's an incredible picture. It's an incredible verse. It's an incredible thought. Through Jesus Christ, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Paul. The Apostle Paul, in his very own words, is saying that the torn veil, which was authenticated, and what it meant was authenticated with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That means that you and I, we have access to God. We have access to God. Now, this is important. Who has access to God? Let me explain that for a moment. Uh, You know, we, we understand that God created all people. We are made in God's image. So everybody is created by God, but you know something? Not all people are children of God. We are created by God, but not all are children of God. You're sitting there thinking, what do you say? Well, wait, I thought we we're all child, children of God. Well, let me explain to you. Those who are children of God are the ones who have trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let me explain this to you. John chapter 1, verse 12 says it this way. It says, to all who believed him and accepted him, referring to Jesus, to all who believed and accepted Jesus, he gave the right to become what? To become children of God. Listen, it's only when you and I trust Jesus it's only when we trust in Jesus. It's only when we trust what Jesus did on the cross for us. When we trust Jesus for our salvation, that's that. that is when we enter into the family of Almighty God. And one of the privileges that you and I get when we enter into the family of God as validated in the resurrection because of the torn veil, one of the privileges is that we have immediate access to God man, I, I basically have this policy with my kids when they call me on the phone. And, and the policy basically goes like this, I'll answer the phone. If, if I see the phone, uh, I hear the phone, if I see it, uh, their picture show up, or if I feel it in my pocket vibrate, no, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, it doesn't matter what meeting I'm in, who I'm talking to, it doesn't matter the situation, even when I'm preparing for a sermon, which that's really sacred time for me, and I don't do, I don't answer a take anything during that time. Even if my kids call during that time, at any time, if I see them call, I pick up the phone and I find out, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Anytime. They know that when they call me, if I notice or see it or, or, or know they're calling, I will pick up the phone. They have instant access to me anytime. They're my kids. Listen, that's how it is with God if you call out to God, God's like, uh, hey, excuse me, Gabriel, you know, excuse me, Michael, I I know we're planning like end of the world stuff right now, but hey, my kid's calling me right now. I got to take this. He's like, okay, I'll get back to you in a moment. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. How's it going? I'm so glad you called. What's going on? What could I do for you? Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, God is available and approachable anytime that you or I reach out. We have instant access to the throne of God. That means you and I can call anytime, anywhere we are, as often as we like, for any reason at all. Our Heavenly Father will not turn me away. He will answer my call. Ephesians 2:18. Through Jesus, we have access to to the Father. See, that's why God ripped that veil in two. That's why he did that the moment that Jesus died, to make sure we understand this clearly, that there's no confusion. And so I want to ask you an important question this morning, this Easter. If you are a Jesus follower, which means you are a child of God, how often do you fully utilize your free access to your Heavenly Father? How often do you take advantage of the fact that you can call Jesus anytime, any moment, and he picks up the phone and he answers it? Because the message of the resurrection, the message of Easter, is that God is available to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says So whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. There we will be treated with undeserved grace. And we will find help. And I got to tell you, as a believer, sometimes I forget that I have that access to God. And that's why I wanted to be reminded of that this Easter, especially in this season. What Jesus did on the cross and what was validated in his resurrection was that I have access to my heavenly father. You have access to your heavenly father. See, there's times I forget that when I'm in need, He's there to help me. Sometimes I forget that He's there. And instead of having that instant access, you know, pursuing that instant access, instead of accessing the peace of God, what do I sometimes do? I fret, I worry. What about you? Instead of accessing His strength, I find that I'll exhaust myself trying to work it out in my own energy. And instead of accessing his wisdom, I try to do it my way. And then I just end up doing dumb things and unwise things. Instead of accessing hope in Christ, I end up despairing. Instead of accessing his comfort, I end up lonely and hurting. Instead of accessing his power, I end up afraid. God says, don't forget. Please don't forget. I have a better way than you doing it yourself. You have access to me. There is no curtain any longer. There is no veil any longer. And I have validated the message of that ripped curtain, that ripped veil by raising my son, Jesus, from the dead. Go check it out. The tomb is empty. So wherever you are, Whenever you are in need, come bravely, God says. Come confidently, God says, into my very presence and give me your hurts. Give me your pains and your burdens and your problems and your worries and your concerns. Give it all to me because you have access to me. I'm your heavenly dad and I want to talk with you. Call me up. I will pick up the phone. No matter what I'm doing, I am available to you. You follow a resurrected Savior. I follow a resurrected Savior. So go on in. Tell them your struggles. Tell them the struggles you're having with your children. You follow a resurrected Savior, so go on in and tell him that your job is about ready to let people go and you're worried about that. And t- go on in and tell him, hey, you just got laid off and you're worried about that. You follow a resurrected Savior, go on in and tell him your health problems. He's there to help. You follow a resurrected Savior, go on in and tell him you need to pay the bills, the mortgage, you need to take care of this. God says, Hebrews four sixteen, give it to me bring it to me you can come boldly before me you can bring it to me and I will give you my peace you will find help I am your heavenly father I am your heavenly dad I'll take your call listen just keeping it real here if Jesus had stayed dead died on that cross buried in the tomb and stayed buried in the tomb then none of what we have talked about today matters. We'd still be wondering, what's the point of that torn veil? But because Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death. So everything that he said and everything that he did prior, it matters. Everything God said about Jesus matters. The ripping of the curtain. And what it signifies, it matters. And so the message of the torn curtain, the message of the torn veil, the message of the empty tomb, the message of the resurrected Savior, the message of Easter is that God is madly in love with you. God loves you and he wants you to have full access to him. He's available to you. He's approachable. He wants you to come in anytime and give him anything talk to him about anything and you can know with confidence the bible says that the truth of this message has been validated when jesus rose from the dead he is alive today and that's why we can say he is risen and so we can say happy easter and we can say we know we serve and we follow a living god here's the bottom line very few people, as I think about the season we're in, very few people are gonna, going to get COVID-19 and even fewer people are going to die from it, relatively speaking to the population of the world. It's Not to dismiss it or diminish it, but relatively speaking, and not to be morbid here, but this is true. A hundred years from now, we will have all passed from this life. So I'm asking you this morning to look at this bigger picture, to get ready for eternity now, today, this Easter. How do you get ready for Easter or for eternity? Simple, you invite Jesus into your life. He died so that you could live. You invite Jesus into your life and he'll come into your life and he'll live in your heart. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you his peace (laughs) for whatever storm you're going through. And there's a lot of storms going on around us. He will give you, you know, his cell phone number, so to speak, so that you can call him anytime and have direct access to him anytime. And he'll give you the absolute assurance that you will go to heaven when you die. So, do you want access to your heavenly father? Do you want the confidence to know that you will be with him in all eternity when you pass from this life? if you want that, Jesus is calling you. Are you ready? Are you ready to say yes to him? Are you ready this Easter to say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus? He gave his life for me. I want to give my life to him. Well, if that's you, I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. It's not these exact words, but it's more that you would mean it in your heart. So let's bow our heads. I'm going to ask you, no matter where you are, no matter where you're watching this, from your home, your living room, your dining room, kitchen, wherever you are, if you're out even on a walk, Maybe pause for a moment, and let's just bow our heads. If you're walking, maybe just pause for a moment and stop, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you now, and we praise you. We worship you. God, I think about what you did 2,000 years ago, that you allowed yourself to be made in our image and, and come as a human being. to to be like one of us, I should say. And you allowed that to happen. You allowed us to then kill you. You allowed that, God, because you knew your power over death would reign supreme. And you knew, God, that in that moment on that third day, you would raise Jesus from the dead. And so, God, we thank you for that. We thank you, God, that you ripped that veil reminding us that you want to have access to us, you want us to have access to you. You reminded us, God, that you love us. And so, God, we come before you now to give our hearts to you, our lives to you, our souls to you. And if that's you, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you pray with me right now? It's not these exact words. Just mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Say, "Heavenly Father, I believe. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose from the dead and that he was seen by people alive. So Jesus, right now I come before you and I place all my hope, all my faith and all my trust in you. I'm no longer going to trust myself with my life. I'm going to trust you with my life. So I transfer my trust to you. I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me and giving me a brand new life. Thank you for giving me direct access to my heavenly Father. And it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Lord Jesus, we rejoice with those who have joined your family today at LifePoint and across the world as people are praying that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. We believe, we trust, we know you are alive. You have risen from the dead. Our hope, our faith is in you. Thank you for the access we have to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.